to Voices of the Belt and Road podcast, brought to you by the Belt and Road Advisory, your professional advisors on all matters concerning the Belt and Road Initiative. Voices of the Belt and Road is our flagship podcast, and with each episode, we'll hear the personal stories of people who are part of the Belt and Road Initiative. The aim of this podcast is to demystify the initiative by interviewing a broad array of people whose lives are impacted day in and day out by the world's largest cross-border trade initiative and infrastructure build-up. On this podcast, in addition to university researchers, think tank experts, and policymakers, you can also hear from business people, workers, and countless others involved in the Belt and Road. You'll hear people tell their own personal stories in their own languages, because at the end of the day, the Belt and Road Initiative is changing people's lives, and we want you to hear it from them. Please enjoy this week's podcast, and thanks for tuning in. Hello everyone and welcome to the Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. We meet once again for an episode in which we share our insights directly with you. I'm your host, Greg Stetz, and today we will talk about the importance of understanding the Belt and Road strategies of your Chinese partners. In this episode, we will draw your attention to the role of local level entities within the Belt and Road framework, and we will talk about the importance of knowing the BRI strategies of your Chinese partners. We will also show you a case study of a well-known fashion company that cleverly leverages the BRI strategy of a Chinese province. In the previous episode of this series, we discussed the ways in which your company can get involved in BRI. We outline a three-step strategy that businesses should pursue to capitalize on the Belt and Road Initiative. To quickly recap, those three steps were 1. Understand the BRI plans and projects of large Chinese entities. 2. Devise a strategy that complements those plans, at the same time taking under account your goals. 3. Execute effectively by finding the right local partners. So what approach should you take in order to reach this position of understanding? The most successful foreign firms appreciate the differences in localities of the Chinese market. Understanding the nuances at the local level allows them to devise a strategy for their operations in China. The situation is no different when it comes to the Belt and Road Initiative. So many foreign institutions and companies look towards the Chinese central government as the key coordinator of BRI and a channel through which they can engage with BRI projects. But in reality, there are many subsystems and local level entities that are responsible for the actual implementation of BRI projects. So those more local level entities introduce their own policies and have their own agendas for implementing the overarching high level strategy created by the central government. This is true not only for China's world famous special economic zones, but also for the country's provinces, municipalities, and multiple other institutions. These actors have all developed their own unique BRI strategies. Some are clearly defined, while some can be learned only through direct communication with those actors. Guan Youqing, the head of Minsheng Securities Research Institute, estimates that Chinese provinces have earmarked over a trillion Chinese yuan for BRI-related projects, primarily in the infrastructure sector. Their goal is to use the support of the central government to boost connectivity through BRI projects and profit from closer cooperation with foreign partners. 
An example can be the government of Heilongjiang province leveraging one of BRI economic corridors, China-Russia-Mongolia economic corridor, to boost relations with Russia. Aside from working on improving the hard infrastructure, the province runs China-Russia expos to facilitate this greater connectivity. In 2017, the expo attracted over 13,000 merchants from 74 countries in an attempt to engage more foreign partners. But it's not just Chinese local authorities that have their own unique plans and ways of implementing BRI. As said by Chairman of the State-Owned Asset Supervision and Administration Commission of the State Council, Xiao Yaqing, quote, SOEs are the market backbones. They have their own plans and strategies for the Belt and Road Drive, in addition to the country's overall blueprint for the initiative, unquote. So Chinese state-owned enterprises also develop their BRI strategies that seek to align their actions, the actions of the company, with the overarching agenda of the central government. Their activity is then framed as an implementation of the will of the central government, which can give them access to preferential treatment, benefit from faster approval procedures, access to additional financing or to other forms of support from the authorities. The objectives they have under the BRI umbrella often include investing in foreign countries or engaging foreign partners. For example, companies from Anhui province can receive up to 1 million Chinese yuan subsidy for a single project of this type, whereas Liaoning province offers a maximum of 20 million Chinese yuan of support and subsidies for freight expenses on natural resources transported back to the province. Multiple such programs have been launched up to date. So knowing what are the goals that your Chinese partners are trying to meet will allow you to tailor your own proposal in a way that will resonate well with your Chinese partners. That will get the proposal approved very quickly and in the end it will benefit your business. Let's take a look at a specific example, the city of Zhengzhou. Zhengzhou is the capital of Henan province and the local government has been turning it into a major BRI logistics hub. In March 2013, before BRI was announced, the authorities established Zhengzhou Airport Economic Zone, the first experimental airport zone in the entire country that covers an area equal to Vienna. It allowed accelerating import clearance times, offered preferential tax rates and sought to connect the airport with a nearby manufacturing center. Already by 2016, the economic zone experienced an inflow of 369 billion US dollars, coming from private enterprises and state-owned financiers. Among the beneficiaries were Foxconn and Apple, who set up a factory and an after-sale repair center of iPhones in this area. The companies worked closely with the local government to develop a framework for their presence in Zhengzhou and received such support as 5% price cut on electricity costs, elimination of corporate taxes for the first five years and half rate for the next five years, as well as support in recruitment and training procedures. Consequently, in 2017, nearly one-seventh of iPhones worldwide were produced in Zhengzhou. Building on this initial success of the economic zone, in June 2017, during his meeting with the Luxembourg Prime Minister Xavier Bettel, 
President Xi Jinping introduced the concept of a, quote, Silk Road in the Air, unquote, between Luxembourg and Zhengzhou. This gave additional impetus to the project and pushed Zhengzhou government to offer more logistics solutions to foreign partners. In 2017, the local government began to attract foreign companies to utilize the logistics hub. The world-famous fashion brand Zara became one of the first to choose Zhengzhou Airport as its primary logistics hub in China. Zara worked with the local authorities to develop an integrated distribution center and also to establish a special simplified system for obtaining customs clearances. This enables Zara's products to be processed in a mere 40 minutes and later to be swiftly dispatched to its over 300 stores in China directly from the airport. The authorities of Zhengzhou did not stop at that. In an attempt to create a silk road in the air, they are building on the cooperation between cargo companies called Cargolux Airlines International and Henan Civil Aviation Investment to develop a so-called dual hub strategy. Outlined in a work plan for building the Zhengzhou-Luxembourg Air Silk Road in 2017, the strategy is based on an idea of developing an international cargo network with Zhengzhou as a logistics center for the Asia-Pacific region and Luxembourg as the logistics center for Europe and America. The effects have been clearly noticeable. In comparison to 2014, the volume of cargo flown between Luxembourg and Zhengzhou in 2017 had already increased tenfold, reaching the amount of around 150,000 tons. These new and more frequent connections are already helping the operations of many businesses looking to break into the Chinese market, and the example of Zara shows that there is a room for foreign companies to capitalize on the specific BRI strategies of localities. And the case of Luxembourg is likely not going to remain a standalone one, as in August 2018, a long-term strategic cooperation on air logistics was signed by Russian air cargo Volga Dnepr Group and China's Henan Airport Group. The push for increased connectivity and developing international cooperation under the BRI umbrella incentivizes the Chinese local authorities to issue concessions or enter special tailored agreements with foreign companies as both sides benefit from brokering such cooperation. There are a number of similar opportunities for foreign companies to tap into. Reaching relevant information, scouting for specific programs and matchmaking programs with companies can however be complicated. We can do this for you. There is a recent example. Being selected in April 2018 to be the first free trade port in China, Hainan has big plans for the future and its role within the Belt and Road. The newly established free trade port is the largest free trade zone in all of China, both in terms of space and in terms of population. Moreover, the area is being used as a testing ground for more liberal policies. On October 13, 2018, a new list of 30 special policy measures for Hainan was released. Thanks to our relationship with the provincial government, we translated and released the document in less than 24 hours. A number of these policies can be translated into actionable strategies for companies. 
Here are a couple of examples. Central government's support for the establishment of consular offices by Belt and Road countries easing the process of establishing new maritime and airline facilities and connections to Hainan, developing the medical sector, both in terms of research and medical facilities aimed at creating medical tourism sector, building an open platform for aerospace and space development, introduction of new tax policies, special customs supervision, simplifying the approval process to improve the business environment, or finally, development of the internet sector within the free trade port. To sum up today's episode, the Belt and Road Initiative has created a new, strong motivation for Chinese actors of various levels to facilitate connections with foreign partners through investments abroad, joint ventures, or attracting foreign partners to China. This motivation can be understood and used to your advantage. In the previous episode of this series, we argued that you need a Belt and Road strategy, but your Chinese partners already have one, and by analyzing theirs, you can make sure that your proposals will be welcomed and will be acted upon, and we will help you to make it happen. Thank you very much, and see you next week. this week's Voices of the Belt and Road podcast. If you want to learn more about the Belt and Road Initiative, check out our website at beltandroad.ventures. That's Belt and Road, one word, no spaces, and dot ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. On the website, you can subscribe to our weekly Belt and Road Bulletin and also follow our Belt and Road Advisory social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. That way, you'll always be up to date on what is happening on the Belt and Road. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.